Thanks for tuning in. We're super excited to have Mimi Kroger on our call. Uh, Mimi is someone who I've met while we were both in the process of publishing our books. She's an author. She is a fitness instructor, nutrition guide, personal trainer. She does all the things. Um, she recently just published her book, Holy Spirit Helped Me Heal. And so Mimi, I want to ask you, um, please speak into your book and share with us, you know, your purpose and reasoning why you wrote this book. Well, first of all, thank you for letting me join in on this wonderful conversation. Um, so yeah, my book is called Holy Spirit Help Me Heal, Overcoming Disease and Dysfunction Through Spirit Connection and Soul Healing. And my faith has a lot to do with the book. It's really based on a scripture, one scripture, really. Um, although there are many scriptures within it from the Bible, uh, but the scripture is, um, first John three, two, that says you will be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. And so that's really the basis behind the whole book. And often even that word soul is translated as spirit. And so you will be in health and prosper, even as your spirit prospers. And so it just speaks to the fact that we're three-part beings. We're spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live in a body and how important it is. And that's kind of where the personal trainer piece comes in, how important it is to take care of every part of your body. So your spirit, your soul, and your body. That is a wonderful explanation. I know with um, having conversations, you've mentioned how throughout your, your journey with um, being diagnosed with lupus first and then dealing with kidney failure and then now having a kidney transplant for the past seven years. Uh, congratulations on that. I wanna mention to you or ask, you know, in regard to spiritual health, how has your faith supported you or when do you think you tapped into your faith um, while dealing with these different diagnoses? Well, it's interesting because right, it was lupus that actually started attacking my kidney and, um, it was a long process. It was like, it was slowly attacking, but interestingly enough, I was diagnosed with lupus and then it was just weeks later when I became a Christian. So I had this encounter with God. I had grown up Catholic. And so I wasn't like a devout Catholic. Like I don't even know how to do the yeah. rosary or anything like that, but I went to church, like whenever my dad made me go, which was definitely on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> and, um, but then I had this encounter with God and really I, I was struggling with a bunch of other stuff. I had an eating disorder, um, and it was all rooted in shame, really. So I had a difficult childhood. Um, I come from immigrant parents, as yeah. many of uh, you know, as, as we all do, and that poses its own challenges and its own stresses. So I was automatically the interpreter for the family. Um, yeah, been there. You know, yeah. And I went to yeah. doctor's appointments and my grandmother, my diabetic grandmother lived with us. And so there was some responsibility there. Um, I paid the bills. I oh, wrote wow. the checks. I made yeah. the phone calls to the bill companies. So there was a lot of stress in my life. And definitely. I think that that impacted me, um, definitely impacted me. And even just my self-esteem and my self-worth was really um, hindered, I think, because 
in that culture, discipline is just treated very differently where I think often, you know, the things that I went through, people would look at and say, wow, that was really harsh. But for them, it was almost like, that's just how things are. And it would almost be like, they would be doing a disservice if they weren't disciplining me the way that they were. But what it did was it had this kind of perfectionist come out of me. I think that also, um, I think just to add to that, and I can definitely relate, and I'm I'm sure some of my co-hosts can as well, but I've realized, and this is what I've recently learned, is that um, it, I guess my worth is tied into my productivity, and that's something that I just take on, and I think with my parents in regard to how they choose to discipline and how they choose to, um, you know, feel like they're supporting us, a lot of it has to tie to, like, the things we do. And so I feel like my productivity isn't tied into my, my worth, unfortunately. So I'm not sure if you experienced that as well, but I think just being an immigrant, um, a child of an immigrant um, and someone who recently is like a new transplantee here, there's a a huge learning curve. Um, And then I I know stress can definitely add into having health ailments, right? (laughs) Stress is a huge factor. definitely just speeds up the process for a lot. So in regard to you saying that you really tapped into your faith a few weeks after your diagnosis with lupus, were you already on that journey? Or you said that your encounter with God just happened to be right after your diagnosis. And then that's when you recognize that you're, you're going to go and start going to your church and really um, follow the scripture. Yeah. You know, I actually misspoke. I had my encounter with God literally like a couple weeks before the diagnosis. So when I got the diagnosis, it was kind of like no big deal because I literally had like this encounter where God spoke to me. And so he told me about my future. He told me I was going to go all over the world and help the children that I would lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He told me I would have a son, which I have a 21 year old now. Um, So all of the things have, I'm still waiting for some of the promises, but all of the things have happened and it was my anchor because I was like, oh, well, this doctor is telling me that I could end up in a wheelchair with lupus. At the time, I didn't even know that it was lupus nephritis that has to do with kidney failure, potential kidney failure in the future. Um, But he kind of gave me like this doom and gloom and I had just heard from God himself. So I wasn't moved. I, I cried on the way home and then I was like reminded, Hey, I just told you what your future was. And because of that encounter, I knew that I was going to be okay, no matter what. So that's where kind of the faith piece comes in. So, but I wanted to speak into, um, that performance thing. And this is like an example of how my faith really is my anchor. So in writing the book, and I don't know if you experienced this, but you know, there are a lot of things that are out of your control and, part of that whole performance thing and, and just wanting everything to be perfect. It's almost like impossible when other people are in the project with you, like a formatter and, you know, a cover designer, and you don't have control of that. Right. So you can't make sure it's perfect, you know, and often it isn't because we're human. And so, um, 
this is how the Lord ministered to me about that. And this is kind of where, um, I really feel like our answers can come from God, you know, where sometimes doctors don't have our answers. Our answers can come from him and they can come from him on a medical level, but also on a spiritual level and on a soul level. So for my soul, for example, just recently, I'm struggling with this whole, oh my gosh, the comma isn't where it's supposed to be or whatever it is. And the, I just had a conversation with God. I, the Holy spirit lives inside of me based on what the Bible says, based on my belief in Christ. And so, um, I just asked God, um, and actually God asked me. So he said, I was struggling with this whole performance thing. And, and these are the things that cause stress in our body. So we should ask ourselves, like, if something is going on and I'm not okay here, it, it can affect your body. So it's important to deal with everything. And we have this direct communication with the father who knows everything, who created us, right. And knows our own intricate, you know, issues, right. Like our mom and dad issues are coming from immigrant parent issues. Right. So yeah. anyway, my life scripture. So the scripture that I just bank everything on it's, um, it says it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm. And so the Lord, just as I'm, you know, struggling with my perfectionism issues and all that, um, the Lord asked me, he said, you know, what, what's your, uh, isn't what's your life scripture. And I'm like, well, you know, Lord it's, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And, and, and he said, oh, really? And I said, yeah. And he said, huh? He said, well, so if there's an error in your book, if it's no longer you who live, so you're dead to yourself, mm. then whose error is that? Yeah. And so if point. someone were to judge you, for that, who, who would they be judging? And I'm like, oh, right. So that's yeah. just, a, that's just a practical example of God just knocking on my door and being like, Hey, I can help you with this. Let me help you through my word, through my presence, through you lit, like actually stopping and listening to me. So. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, yeah. From what you said, it just feels um, just God helping you to just um, shift your perspective and just ground you and make you realize, um, you know, just what what your priorities are and and just coping um, coping with moments where you feel like you've lost control mm -hmm. um, and 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 just rely just just reminding reminding yourself um, that there's that there's more to life and that there's there's a higher being who who knows more than you. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's something I struggled with personally when I was diagnosed. Um, and, and for me, and I'd love to hear from you, Mimi, but I, um, I know that the, how I handled my diagnosis, for example, was through the strength of um, my parents, for example, and their belief, because they have a much stronger um, belief in God than I do. And I, I relied on that. It's what got me through my diagnosis, their strength and their prayers and, and my community's prayer. Um, that's what got me to, it's what reignited my belief in, in God. And, and that's when I turned to prayer a lot. Um, previously, I mean, I was in my mid twenties when it happened. And I think it was, um, 
I've always seen myself as a good Muslim, but not a fully practicing Muslim. And so um, diagnosis sort of opened my eyes um, and relying on the strength of my community and their prayers is what kind of got me through through those moments. So I'd love to hear from you um, as you, when you got diagnosed with lupus, and I know you said if just a few weeks ago is when um, when you really connected with God and um, and He spoke to you. How um, how did it feel when you were diagnosed? I know you said um, you you had this you know incredible strength uh, when you heard the diagnosis from your doctor and you cried a little bit when you went home. But did you feel like your um, your faith wavered um, in those moments or? Um, how did how did the weeks after that and getting into treatment? How did that um, whole process go for you um, after diagnosis? You know, when I had that first encounter with God, it's interesting because I've never like really put this together. But I, I'll just kind of explain the encounter. And so I think it was just the magnitude of it and just how real it was that it really just anchored me to know that, wow, God loves me. And because he loves me, he's going to take care of me. So there's a scripture that says perfect love casts out fear. And so if you know that God loves you perfectly, then really you have nothing to worry about, right? Because if he loves you perfectly, he's going to take care of you. But in, in this encounter, um, I ended up just having this, um, time where I was just so happy. Like I felt the presence of God on me. And I was so happy that I was like running around and like dancing and skipping. And I didn't, for the first time in my life, I didn't care what anybody thought of me. And I heard God say, I'm letting you be the little girl that you were never allowed to be. And so the Bible talks a lot about how we come to God, we, we can come to God as a little child. And one of the chapters in my book is about that. It's called our father. And it's about the fact that we have a father who's really good and really for us. And there's this one scripture that says, um, that he's a good father basically. And that if you ask, if you ask him for uh, bread, will he give you a stone? So if you ask him, for a good gift, like healing, is he going to give you something else? And the answer is no, because he's a good father. So I feel like I had that good father experience in that encounter. So I brought that into everything else that was going to happen. And to be completely honest with you, it wasn't a struggle. Like I didn't go back and forth with God at all because Mm -hmm. that encounter was so real and it was so powerful. And I knew that he was my good daddy and that he was going to mm. take care of me. So and did you question, did you never fall out of faith, out of belief and faith then? Is that what I, you're saying? Like, I did, did it never as, waver? I didn't as far as the illness. I was like, I knew what the plan was. Like, it doesn't make sense that I quite, I, I was like, I don't know why I'm not getting healed. And I can speak into that because I had to get to the roots of my issues. And I actually had a lot of unforgiveness and a lot of anger towards my parents that I didn't even know was there. You know, there was some bitterness there, like, Hey, 
you know, while other kids were getting to be at gymnastics meets and softball things, I was a janitor with my parents. I had to go clean buildings every night because that's how my parents made a living. And I did too. So I had a job ever since I was a kid, I would go and I would dump ashtrays and I would clean mirrors and I would do all that. And that was a lot for a kid, you know? So literally when God told me, I'm letting you be the kid that you were never allowed to be, um, it spoke to me, you know, it, it, it changed me and it helped me to know that, you know, from now on, he was going to be my dad. And mm. so it didn't mean that I didn't make poor choices because there were a lot of roots that were still there. So I had this vision, um, where, uh, like the hand of God came down and there was like this big tree and came down and like took the tree like out of the ground that it was in and pulled it out. And when this big hand of God, like pulled it, pulled it out, there was still some roots that were lying in this dirt patch where the tree was. And then Jesus came right next to me and I had a rake and we both together raked out the rest of the roots and so what I felt like that was, was through salvation, through God saving me from me, from my sin and my past, he took out that big tree, but then there were still some things, some roots that needed to be taken out and that we would do that together through relationship, through communication with him, through prayer. Um, and even through other people, like you mentioned other people and abs that is absolutely, I mean, God put us all here to help one another. Right. I mean, that's why you have your podcast, I imagine. So we're here for a purpose and it's to help each other and to bless one another. And so, um, even just through counsel, you know, I, I got rid of some of those other roots that were still there. And, and a lot of it was shame. I had a lot of shame because of how I grew up. So because of the high expectations and because if I made a mistake, um, I would get disciplined so harshly that it affected every part of me. I mean, that's what kind of went why I ended up with an eating disorder and why I had just all of this pressure on myself. And that's not good for your body. It does affect your body. So I think for me, um, and, and because of that shame that I still carried, that was still part of the roots. So because of that shame that was still there, I made some choices still, even though I was a Christian that were so not Christian, I mean, I did some things that were like, you know, the worst of the worst and yet found that God still loved me and that he still forgave me even as a Christian. So the Bible talks about how the person that's forgiven much loves much. And that's why I feel like I just love him so much because I know how much he has forgiven me for and, and how he helps me every day to just know like, Hey, he's my peace and he is a good dad. And he's going to take care of me no matter what. So. That was really beautiful, Mimi. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, I really can relate to you so much personally because um, growing up, you know, I'm family's also immigrants. Um, we're from the Gambia, West Africa. Um, strict household sort of vibe. Um, <laughs> uh, 
growing up too, I wasn't, my family, my, maybe my parents and everybody, they were more religious. I wasn't too into um, religion, especially in my teenage years, there was a lot of like rebellion and things that I was doing out of anger towards my family as well. Um, so it's actually very interesting, right when I, right when I was diagnosed with stage five kidney failure, that was, I want to say like a week, like right, like a week right before my surgery, before I got called for this, for the kidney. Um, and, and two months before that in March, I was just going through like a bit of a downward spiral. Um, so when April hit, I had to make a decision. It's like, I want to do better for my life. I want to be closer to God because the way I was going was just not right at all. So, um, you know, in, in, um, as Muslims, as me and Faduma are in Islam, we women are, you know, we have to cover our hair, wear the hijab, the, you know, the religious veil, um, you know, as, and, you know, subject ourselves to modesty and, you know, those type of things. So in April, on April 14th, I started covering my hair. And, you know, because I wanted to make that, I wanted to make that change. I wanted to make that change to, you know, do better in life. And um, I just remember like my aunts and stuff saying, you're going to see so much blessing from this. You're, you know, that what you're doing is, is great. So then, um, you know, eventually weeks went by. I was, you know, praying five times a day. I was reading my, my books and, you know, um, pulling myself towards, you know, closer to God. And then that's when I got the stage five diagnosis. Um, it was, I was, you know, it was a really rough time. That whole week was just such a rough time for me. Um, I was just, I just remember like going to the, you know, the masjid and just, you know, praying, asking family members for prayers and everything like that. And then that's when um, May, it was a week, before, like I said, a week before my surgery, I got the call for a kidney. And I do feel like that definitely ties in with how I tried to change my life, you know? I, I put myself closer to, to God and I saw a bit of a reward from Absolutely. it. Yes. I, so I, yeah, I, think, mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful. And, and there's even a scripture to back that up. But the Bible says that the Lord is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And yes. so even just your outward sign of, you know, covering your head, even though that really doesn't change anything. I mean, you're just covering right. your head, but mm -hmm. it's just something that you kind of gave to the Lord, almost like, Hey, I have faith, you know, yeah. even though I don't see you, I believe. And so I'm going to do this. And, and I, I think he rewards that. I think he sees that. And, and to know that, you know, often, I guess, something that I I'd like to share is, is that mm -hmm. it isn't about, um, religion, you know, it isn't about rituals and, and, uh, I, we talked about this before, um, about how, um, it has to be a want to, and not a mm -hmm. have to, right. Absolutely. So yeah, it's just like with any relationship, right. Love is a choice. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it's important to just have that relationship and not so much religion. You know what I mean? Like, it's not Absolutely. about having religion. It's about having a relationship where you can talk to God and, and he actually speaks back, you know, Absolutely. because yes. the one, yeah, the one who knows you and has been with you through every footstep of your life 
he's the one that can heal every place in you that hurts that Mm -hmm. is affecting your physical body. So. Yes, absolutely. And um, again, during that time, you know, prayers and reading um, really, really helped me through that difficult time. So I want to ask you, um, like, how do you stay strong during, uh, you know, difficult times? What are some of your coping mechanisms that you can share to us? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm proud of you, Fatu. That's, I love that. I love that you sought the Lord because thank you. He is, he's our answer. Um, But for me, you know, because I don't deal with the physical um, stuff anymore, and, and part of that has just been this whole long, and I mean long, I mean, I was diagnosed with the lupus 25 years ago. And I also feel like we're in a process of going, as the Bible says, from glory to glory, so that there are just always things that come up. Like, for example, in writing this book, I was like, oh my gosh, I still deal with perfectionism. Oh my gosh, I still deal with control issues. So then I just go to the Lord and I just ask him, okay, Lord, what's the root? You know, what is the narrative? What is the lie that I'm believing about myself having to perform? Right. And what is the truth? You know, the truth is, I I did it for you. It's no longer you who live. So now when I deal with, my mom is elderly now. And so she has a lot of things and, and even those same demands, right? So I think culturally there's just a, I, there's almost like a codependency that is just a cultural thing, at least in for Italians and Latins, or at least that's my situation. And learning to kind of be able to set your boundaries. I know, Hiral, you talk about this in your book a little bit. Learning to kind of set your boundaries and not take on other people's stuff. Because honestly, you can only handle your own stuff. And it does affect your physical body. It affects your emotions, which then affects your physical body. So I think that um, what I do is I just go to the Lord and I'm just like, okay, God, let's have a chat, you know, let's have some coffee. I kind of have found that he likes to do anything I like to do. So sometimes I'm like, let's go shopping, you know, (laughs) my best friend. So, and he's just sweet that way. Like I call him heavenly kisses. Like when God speaks to you, it's just a heavenly kiss. And I had one just, I feel like I have one every day. I feel like the Lord wakes up every day and he is destined and happy to have a love affair with me that day. So even just yesterday, I was going to my mom's just to visit her. And um, with, there's this gentleman there and he's older and he's kind of hitting on my mom, which is like, this is like, kind of funny, you know? So anyway, um, he's always hanging out. So I go to her apartment and he has this new puppy. And the crazy thing is in the morning, I was going to text my best friend. His name is Josh. And I was going to text him. And because, um, when I was diagnosed with the lupus and when I ended up in the kidney failure, he was like, he wasn't there when I had the lupus diagnosis. Cause that was like long, but when I had the kidney failure, he was there for me. Like he was like a brother. And so anyway, we got a puppy and his name is hugs. He's a Yorkie. 
And, um, in fact, one of the things that I did after the kidney was, um, he became a therapy dog. Cause I wanted to pay it forward. Like, I know what it's like to be in the hospital for six weeks. You know, yeah. I know what it's like to just look at the clock every day in your hospital bed. And it seemed like it's always 3 PM, you know, like the days are just so long. And so, um, anyway, we got a puppy together cause I was living with him at the time and we were just roommates, you know, and, and best friends really. But, um, so I got this puppy and his name is hugs. And so anyway, this guy at my mom's apartment, who's hitting on my mom, um, he had his pup, his new puppy with him. And anyway, that morning I took a picture of my dog. Cause I was going to send it to Josh and I looked at my bedpost and on the bedpost, it's all chewed up. And it was because when Hugs was a puppy, he chewed up like my bedpost. So I was going to text my best friend and be like, hey, yeah, remember when Hugs was on death row? And I was like threatening to give him away because he was like chewing everything and, you know, urinating on everything, you know? So I was going to send him that, but I didn't. I just took the pictures and then I got sidetracked and I did something else. So anyway, when I go to talk to, I went, Alex is the gentleman, the older guy. Um, he had his new puppy underneath his arm. It's a, it's a Morky, it's a Maltese and a Yorkie mix. And, um, he asked me, um, I said, well, what kind of a dog is that? So he told me, I said, oh, I said, oh, I have a Yorkie. And so I said, let me show you a picture. So I showed him a picture of my Yorkie. And then he said, um, Oh, he's, and he has an accent. He's Russian. And so he said in his Russian accent, he was like, Oh, um, is, is the dog dangerous? And I was like, dangerous. And he was like, is he damaging, damaging your home? And I said, well, yeah. I said, here, look at this picture. And so what that did for me is it just reminded me like God is with us every moment of the day. He literally sees everything that we do and there's a purpose behind it. Like the Bible says that he works all things together for good. All means the good, the bad, and the ugly. It means kidney disease. It means kidney transplant. It means dialysis, all things together for good. And that's my anchor. So that was just a heavenly kiss for me. Like how, I mean, if he would have asked me that, I would have had to go through like 10,000 pictures because I'm old school and I just leave them all on my phone. So I had it right there, but it just, does that make sense? It just spoke to me like, Hey, I'm with you every moment of the day. I know what's going to happen two hours from now. So what are you worried about? So it's just things like that, that just anchor me. And I know how real God is and he's mm -hmm. just so sweet. So I call that a heavenly kiss. Like, Hey God, thanks for that heavenly kiss. That just reminds me that you're with me. I love so. that heavenly kiss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be using that for myself. But um, yeah. I uh, just tying, uh, as you were speaking, something, the question that popped in my head was, um, I know from personal experience that um, sometimes when something tragic happens in your life, it could be a diagnosis, it could be someone passing away, but most specifically with a diagnosis of a chronic illness, um, there's that acceptance that comes with um, that comes with having faith that this was meant to happen to me. Um, you know, I have to accept this. This is this is you know my cross to bear, and and this is this is what God has planned for me. Um, and I know as a result of um, relying too heavily on faith, sometimes certain people then relax and say, you know what, I'm going to leave everything to God, 
and I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to relax. And um, this is this was meant to happen to me. So there's nothing I need to do. Whereas um, there's the polar opposite. It's like um, for people, because I relate to you, to Mimi, and I think both Hiral and Fetu do, where um, we're all perfectionists to some extent. Where it's like, I have to do something. I have to keep moving. I have to find the answers. I have to take my medications and like take control of like my my health and become more active um, and eat well. But there are people who just step back and not relax, but sort of say, God has everything um, everything handled and he will take care of me without necessarily doing anything on your end. So what do you, how do you feel about that? And has that, has, is this something that you've experienced as you coach people or as you connect with more people? And what would you say to, to someone who is going through difficult moments like that, where they feel like um, their, only their faith will take them through these difficult moments and all they need to do is step back? Because I honestly believe it's, um, you have to work together with God um, and, and, and show that you are committed in, in, um, in pushing through these moments and not just completely relying on his strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love that question. Um, I think that just my, even my vision with the tree where God came down and he took out the big root, but there was some roots there that were left and we both held on to the same rake and we're raking those things out kind of speaks to the fact that it is a partnership. But I would challenge you in in what you said, um, and this is where maybe our beliefs are a little bit different about this particular thing that might be helpful, or um, you know, you can you know take it with a grain of salt and 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 believe as you believe, which I think many people believe that way. And what I'm referring to is when you said you know that this is just my cross to bear or this is just what God wants for me. So I believe that there's good and evil. And and this is just based on the Bible. You know, we do have an enemy. And so I believe the Bible talks about how every good and perfect gift is from above, that God is only good and that there's no evil in him. And just think about the fact that he's a good father. And so if I were to look at my son who I mentioned before is 21, like I would never give him a disease. I wouldn't, wouldn't like break his leg and be like, well, there's a lesson you're going to learn from that. That's not the God that I know that that's the Bible says God is love. So the truth is, is that we have an enemy and his reign in our life is based in lies. It's based in the narratives that he has had us listen to over and over and over throughout our lives that we actually end up believing and partnering with. And he is the truth. He is the revelator. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So, and he is the truth. So the truth is what brings us to the father And the truth is, is that he's a good father. So I would just challenge you to, to think about kind of 
the idea that it isn't God that puts bad things on us, but rather we do have an enemy and we're not powerless against him. So the Bible says, I've been given power and authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. How powerful would that be if you put that in your mind and meditated on that and ask the Lord about it. Lord, how does this look in my everyday life? How does this look when I am overcoming disease rather than accepting it? I, I can understand accepting your current situation, but always hoping for more. Like my lot in life is not to be a sick person. Jesus came and healed everyone that came to him. The Bible says he healed them all and all includes you and me. Um, so I think that that's important to kind of always ask what the narrative is, shift your perspective according to what God says, to what the word of God says, and go with that rather than what you see is going on in the natural or even in your own body. Um, mm -hmm. There's in Psalm 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. So it's a package deal. So when you say the cross to bear, that is um, out of context a little bit because he's the one that bore the cross. The Bible says, mm. cursed is the man who hung on a tree. He's the one that takes it. So there's this great exchange that we can have with God where everything that he suffered, we don't have to suffer. And that doesn't mean that we don't suffer in life because we're still in this world where there's sin and the consequences of sin is death, it's sickness, it's illness. But there is a way where we can seek God to come out of that so that there's hope um, rather than just Oh, this is, and that speaks into what you were saying. Like, do we just say, oh, well, God is in control and I don't have to do anything like, no, you know, he, he's interested. I talk about it in my book. He's interested in a dance partner where he wants to lead the way and he wants to dance with us through life and even dance over disappointment with us. So he wants to be there for us in the good, the bad and the ugly, because there will be those things because there is still sin and death. And that's where kind of sickness and all that comes in, but we can overcome. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I totally, I absolutely agree with you in the sense that um, you have to work through it um, and overcome, overcome the trials that are put in your life. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call, um, for example, just speaking specifically to what we've gone through, um, diagnosis or um, treatments as as bad things in our life, for lack of a better word, but more as challenges that have been set in our paths to to really find out who we truly are. And in a way, I it, it takes time, but for me, I I see those challenges sometimes as blessings, um, because, um, for example you know, getting, getting a diagnosis when you're really young um, can be really a struggle to, to, um, to think through. And I know we, it sounds like we all um, got diagnosed when we were really young. Um, and so through that, I know, for example, I, 
I sometimes see, um, like you said, you know, God, God, God always sees what's, what's, um, God always knows what's going to come next for you. And you, we all live in the moments, you know, we live in the moments and in the past, but we don't know what's coming ahead of us. And so for me personally, when I was going through my pre-transplant process, um, as I was applying to get a kidney transplant through the extensive examinations is when the doctors found um, pre-cancerous cells in my cervix. And I, they were able to remove that and avoid, you know, like avoid me having to deal with cervical cancer in my fifties. Cause then cervical cancer is something that happens much later in age. And so that was a moment for me where I realized like, wow, like this, 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 um, the struggle, this, this challenge was meant to happen to me. There was a reason why there's always reasons why um, things happen, but mostly going through going through um, kidney failure and going through the extensive kidney transplant process allowed um, allowed me to to avoid having the um, to avoid um, cervical cancer later in my age you know um, and just moments like that reminded me that you know there's there's always a plan um, there's always reasons why certain things happen and um, and outside of that as well, just seeing seeing what we go through more as challenges instead of um, as bad is, is how I is how I look at it. Um, and that there are there's good that comes out of challenges. Um, I've learned the strength that uh, I've learned how strong I am through this. Um, I've learned um, I've learned more myself in relation to my religion and um, and reconnecting with God and and Islam and um, and being a more practicing Muslim. Um, I've learned how how much um, how much I can persevere um, and 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 just um, you know just go through it all and um, so yeah I wouldn't I agree with you I wouldn't call it as bad um, I just know what I say when I when I was saying in terms of like the cross to bear um, more so about how other people see it and how other people view it as this is this is my this is you know this is something that has been put on me and I just need to like, you know, that I just need to rely on God um, to, to get me through this. But I 100% agree that it's, it's God is your partner. You need to work together um, and, and, and get through it together. When I, and I think we're saying the same thing. So mm-hmm. when, when I, I quoted that scripture that God works all things together for good, that's the good that came out of it. Right. But it doesn't mean that he's the author of it. So if you look at even Jesus going to the cross, everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like he's going to be crucified, but it was the very thing that brought salvation to the entire world for anyone who will believe. And so he works all things together for good. So that was the good, like we're strong women. I mean, we've been through hell and back, you know, and daily we fight, you know, Um, so absolutely, you know, he, there is so much that he brings out of even the bad. And that's why, you know, there's a scripture that says, if God is for me, who can be against me? Like, come on. If you meditate on that for like 30 days, if God is for me, who can be against me? I mean, you can do anything, you know, and if he is for you, he's for you. He's not putting disease on you. He's not, um, causing you to be in financial 
turmoil or emotional turmoil. He's not the cause of that. He's not the author of it. But if you look to him, he'll help you get out of it and he will sustain you through it. So for me, that was one of my questions like, well, God, why so long? Why, you know, I talk about this in my book where, or even before I was a Christian, the Lord healed me of tinnitus, which is like this ringing in in your ears. I literally, I didn't have a relationship with God. I mean, like I told you, I was like Christmas Easter Catholic and I just prayed and it was like, you know, how the Bible talks about, you have like a mustard seed of faith that that's all you need. Because that's another thing is that sometimes people will make you feel like you don't have enough faith or that you're in sin and that's why you're sick. And that is all not true. When, when Jesus came, he like put a stop to all that. And he, at the cross, he said, it is finished. Like all of those ideas about having to live under the law. And those are all said and done because I took it all upon myself, but we need to just remember that anything that happens to us, if we turn to God, he will turn it for good. Like the Bible says, we have not because we ask not. So just ask God, like, Hey God, how, how can I overcome in this day? And I love that you said, somebody said about being present, you know, being present is so important, you know, because if we look too far into the future or Hey, sometimes if we just look at the lab report, that can be discouraging, but if God is for me, who can be against me? That's what faith is. It's seeing without believing. And so that was my question. Like, Hey God, why am I dealing with this for so long? And it really was because I hadn't dealt with all those roots. I think shame is toxic. I think, um, having low self-esteem and, and not feeling worthy is toxic. You're not going to be able to receive anything from someone if you don't feel worthy. And many of us have, had a life where we don't feel worthy because if you feel like you have to perform in order to get the gold star, then that's really a sad state of affairs because we're all imperfect and we're not, there's always going to be someone that's better than us at something. It's just the reality, but we have to accept how you, I love that word acceptance. Um, you have to accept where you're at and, and, and who you are and who God has made you to be, which is someone that's very special, very powerful and he's on your side and you have a purpose and a destiny and he wants you to fulfill it. And you need a healthy body in order to do that. Right. And, um, I, I know I personally struggle with the acceptance, um, even though I'm self-aware to some extent, and I know that, um, that acceptance is, is key when it comes to healing, but, um, you just you just gave an example about how um, it could be even just like receiving not so great lab results. Um, those those are difficult moments for me, and um, that's where my um, my perfectionism comes up because I'm like what what can I do? I need to do something. Is it changing my diet? Is it um, walking out and doing and doing more activities? Um, is it managing my stress, sleeping more? Um, I tend to rely on what I can physically do. And um, I find it really, I find it personally hard to be honest to sometimes accept that this is, this is happening to me, that God has, um, that God will help me through this and that I'll be okay. Um, it, It comes eventually, but in those, in that exact moment, it's, it's hard to come to terms with it. It's more of what can I do or why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Um, 
then the grieving process starts all over again um where it's like it, it just yeah my sort of thinking about the future and um and sometimes I think about the future and it's like oh you know this my life is going to be so different. Um, I think for me personally, I've been at this journey for just about three years since diagnosis. So I know it's a journey in itself, um, going through going through the healing process and just coming to terms with everything and um, just um, accepting accepting this more and more. And uh, um, it's just those moments, there's always moments in my life um, going through yearly checkups or, um, even just looking in the mirror and just seeing that transplant scar, you know, like mm. moments of disbelief, like, wow, this actually happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my life. Um, and there's always there's moments of gratitude, um, especially around my transplant anniversary. It's like, I'm so grateful that I had a second chance at life. I can't believe that I was so blessed to, to, um, to have my brother donate his kidney and to wow. just go through dialysis for six months. Like that's, that never happens. Like I'm so blessed. Um, so there's always peaks and valleys. Um, and um, I know Fatou and Hiral, we've spoken about this before. There's always like moments where you're up and down. Um, and for me, that's where my faith wavers, um, where there's moments where I'm, I'm really strong in my belief. And um, that's where gratitude comes and acceptance. And there's, there's valleys, dips where it's like, why is this happening? Especially it's triggered um, from outside elements when it's a really bad lab result or when a doctor tells you um, something that, you know, not so great news. Um, and I guess that's where Satu came along, you know, how do you cope with that? You know, how does faith come into that? Um, I, but, think, yeah. I think with that, it's important to get a, a personal word from God. So when really like self-affirmation, positive thinking, it really doesn't have that good of an impact. What really impacts you is when you get a word from God for you. So when he gives you a dream, when you have a vision, when he wakes you up with a song, which he did for me this morning, that just spoke into a dream actually that I had. And so um, there, it's important to just differentiate between like, even the word of God, like if you have the Bible, um, the Bible in the Greek, it's called the logos. And that is the word of God, which is good. Like you need the word of God, but you need the spirit to breathe life into it. And so that's called a rhema word. So when the logos becomes a rhema, it becomes a personal word that's spoken to you. So what I do is if I'm feeling down, I'm like, Lord, I need a rhema. Like, I need you to speak to me. I need you to, you know, tell me something that I know is from you. Because when you hear from him, then it's different than just reading something or just reciting like I accept myself or I'm worthy. It has to be like, you have to have an experience with it to seal it in your heart. Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, there was a time where I was just like, God, why? Because after your transplant stuff, sometimes you have like 
there, at least there've been times in my life where I'm like, oh man, it would have just been so much easier for me to have said no to dialysis for me to have, I'm just being real. Like for me to just have gone to be with Jesus, you know, I'm just, that's, I have had times where like, I, I wasn't going to kill myself like they, but you know, it was like suicidal thoughts in a sense. I wasn't going to do anything, like but I was up. like, yeah, why am I still here? You know? Yeah. And, and there's a purpose for the pain. There is always a purpose for the pain. We can help other people. And, and, and not only that, but it can cultivate this relationship where you're really close to God that you might not have ever had. I think we've all talked about that, that you might not have ever had that had you not gone through this. And so that alone is a blessing, right? But one time um, my alarm went off in the morning and this was after like, I was really having this downtime. This is post-transplant and other things were going on. And I'm like, why am I still here? You know, and, and kind of like the, you know, this is not cool attitude, right? And so in the morning, my alarm clock goes off and this song comes on that um, had a scripture in it. And it says, um, basically the song talks about to live is Christ, but to die is gain. In other words, like to be in heaven is like awesome, right? It's paradise, but to live is Christ. In other words, to live is to fulfill your destiny here on earth, whatever God has given you to do. And when that lyric came on, I literally heard the voice of God, the Holy Spirit say to me when that lyric went on to live as Christ, to die as gain. I heard the Lord say, thank you. Like he thanked me for choosing to stay. Like if that isn't a word that will sustain you through hard times, like God's happy that you're here, that you decided to fight and that you're still here because he needs you here on the earth to do whatever it is that he has called you to do. That's powerful. That will get you through the hardest times. So for me, it, it's just more about like, hey, God, I'm down right now and I need a word. I need a rhema word. I need a spoken word to my heart that will change my day. You know, that will change what I'm thinking right now that is not serving me or serving anyone else. Because when you're miserable, it's like, that's not helping anyone else either. So I think it's more about just, again, relationship, like, God, this is what I need today. And being completely honest with him, like, Hey, I'm mad about this result. Like I'm doing everything I can. I'm walking, I'm drinking my water. I'm taking my meds. I'm trying to rest. I'm doing everything that I know to do. Why do I still have this lab result? That is not cool. Like you can be real with God, you know, even, even Jesus on the, on the cross, he was like, you know, well, God, why have you forsaken me? He's not mad at you for asking those questions. He just wants to cultivate a relationship with you and give you answers and comfort you. Like he's the God of all comfort. I want to speak into, I guess, the other side of religion where people don't have that type of faith. Um, I can definitely say <laughs> not that I'm one of those people, but um, I got diagnosed at a young age, it was 15. And maybe it was a time and period that I was in where it's like, I'm changing. I have all these hormones in my body. Lots of things are happening, right? And then it's like, in the middle of high school, you get this diagnosis. It's like, what do you do? You know, um, I would say I did have faith at one point, but I think not having to do with my diagnosis, but more so having to do with like, 
a situation having to do with a family member and the health of my grandmother, for example, that I think that's where I lost faith. Um, and the, I guess the power that faith can have in, in a situation like that. And so just speaking into the other side of it where I am affiliated with Hinduism, for example, but I'm not like this, you know, practicing Hindu where I'm praying all the time and it's mainly like showing up for the holidays. I know my parents are much more religious than I am. So they've probably prayed many days um, for my health and my safety. But um, just speaking to the other side of it, of, of I think a lot of times religion is tied into hope and knowing that there's more to life and there's more to come. Mm -hmm. And I know when people don't have hope, that's when things are kind of just at the end and they're kind of at their the end of their journey almost. Um, so I know a lot of times people lean on faith to kind of support them in knowing that there is something after and there's something to come. And I think for me, what I learned, whether it's religious or not, I know some people like for you, you, you had this personal relationship and you had this experience and you knew what was real for you and you felt it and that's what drew you even closer I wouldn't say I had an experience like that but I think for me the biggest thing was just like having the acceptance around my diagnosis learning to forgive myself and thinking that maybe I had any part in contributing to what illness I have now and the diagnosis I was given and I think just understanding that at the end of the day whether you're a believer in the universe or there's a higher power, whomever it may be, that we are just here for a period of time, which is not that long of a period of time. And there was something having to do with our soul previous to us being on this earth and something that will come after that just knowing that um, we're always dealing with uncertainty. That's just how our life is built. And that I think if you know that you've, you've given it your best effort, that you show up as a true and honest and good person, and that you do your, your, you know, your part on this earth, and that there is a purpose for you, and you connect to that, that that's essentially what gets you going. And that's what essentially provides you the healing that I think you need. So I know a lot of times people, um, you know, easily go to like blaming God, right? Like, why me? And I, I think I had that brief period, like, why me? And then I kind of turned off to faith. But just understanding, I think, myself and knowing, like, who I am and what it is that I want to embody during my time on this earth, whether I'm here for 30 years or I'm here for 60 years or I'm here till 100 years. But just knowing that whatever I'm given in this life that there is a purpose for me and that's tied into something bigger. And I don't think that has to tie into religion per se, but I think that just ties into like, there is so much surrounding us that we're completely unaware of. So like even meditating or kind of tapping into like really who you are and like why you've had all these challenges throughout your life, that there's something to be gained and learned from it. Um, and just building on that knowledge and supporting yourself in the healing process with knowing that like, hey, I had diagnosis kidney disease at 15. Now, like for me, I'm going to be 30 in the summer. So it's like, hey, I've lived 15 years and look at all that I've done in those 15 years, right? And how I've lived and just knowing like, hey, I'm 30, but like, 
wow, I've, I've gained a lot and I've learned a lot and I've been blessed to just be at this place that I'm at, that there's so much to be said about that, whether then you take it to another level and speak into, you know, religion and how that supported you or like what you think your reasoning is on this earth and that God put you here. Um, so just speaking into the other side of it, I think, um, just really understanding who you are and just knowing that there is a bigger purpose. So good. I totally agree with you. Um, there's, uh, so I'm just all word, right? So like for me talk and I like hear like five scriptures based on what, (laughs) so there's a scripture that says life is but a breath and it's true. Like if, when you end up having kids, you'll see like, it goes so fast. And it it is but a breath and we do all have a destiny and a purpose and something to offer in this world. And if we will just keep our eyes even on a higher perspective, whether that be the perspective of I'm here for a reason, I have a certain amount of time and I'm going to make the most of it, um, that that's, if that works for you, then that's awesome. You know, whatever it is that, that you have in your heart, whether you believe that God placed it in there or not, I certainly do. Um, but if that is something that fuels you to get up in the morning and make your coffee and go on and and do whatever it is that makes your, your heart smile and other people smile, then do that because life is short and we do need to take care of, of ourselves and, and how we take on the day. So I think having that perspective of like, Hey, I'm here for a reason. Life is short and let's just make the best of it and be present. You know, that that's amazing. You touched on something else that I want to talk about too, is like forgiving yourself. Like certainly for me, I, I know that it wasn't just my background and the pressures. It was choices that I made sometimes based on what had happened to me, certainly, but there were choices that I made all on my own that certainly may have contributed like, you know, my eating disorder, obviously. And when you talk about like this whole spiritual thing, this is just something that God showed me for me. But, um, I fully believe, and like you said, whether you believe that there's like the spiritual world or not, that's okay. You know, but for me, I believe that sometimes the things that are happening in the natural, so in what we can feel and what we we can touch in this world right now are indicative of what's going on in the spiritual realm. So what the Lord showed me was with the lupus, and this was for me, this isn't always the case, but with the lupus, what is lupus? It's an autoimmune disease. So my body was attacking itself. My body was rejecting itself. And I honestly had a lot of rejection in my life. Even just in, if I made a mistake, I would get disciplined so harshly that's rejection. And so there was a lot of that. So the Lord showed me like, let's root out this root of rejection that you have in your life and watch this lupus go. Like when God speaks to you, something like that, but again, on the other side of that, you know, as a trainer, as a nutrition guide, I think I told Haral this when we talked about um, this previously, I said, you know, it could just be because you're drinking 50 Dr. Peppers in one day. You know what I mean? It, it could, it could not have anything to do with anything spiritual. Exactly. And that's where your answers will only come between you and God, you yeah, know, I only think- he can show you the individual reason 
you know, or, or how you can help yourself. Definitely. I think just having the awareness, right? Like you had the awareness afterwards where it's like, okay, where does this re- rejection start? And you saw all these examples and experiences. So you're like, okay, well, I get to heal through that and work through that. And I think a lot of times we can definitely pinpoint exactly when things started for us, but it's just a buildup of all these experiences that essentially our body just takes on. Maybe we think we've dealt with it mentally, but it's like almost having to purge ourselves of it physically. So just having the awareness, I think, and people begin on that journey of having awareness and really just reflecting and having some time to just be just be right, be present and just be, and really feel like what they're experiencing in their bodies and what's coming up for them mentally, that that would be a great starting point. I think for anyone on this journey with having a diagnosis, having, you know, dealt with, uh, you know, grief and just at whatever point you're at in your life, there is an opportunity. There is a beginning point, right. And it doesn't have to start like when you're five or when you're 10, it can start at any point in your life. And I think just people knowing that there is always an opportunity, as long as you're willing, as long as you're willing to listen, as long as you're willing to be present, as long as you're willing to give yourself in that process that you will experience healing. Mm -hmm. I agree. I love your word awareness. That's huge. Awareness, I think is essentially where it starts. And I always tell everybody, and maybe this sounds like me being a little (laughs) crazy, but I'm like, once you have awareness, you can't go back Yeah. because now you're open to everything and everything is visible to you. And so now it's like, what do you get to do with that? And at that point, I think you're in the space to really take it on. And once you take it on, you can finally see what's on the other side. But if you feel like this is too much for you and this is where you're going to stop, you're kind of just in your own head and your own mind and it's a loop and you'll just essentially never get out of it. So I think you just kind of give yourself to that experience and just take on the uncertainty. And there's so much healing. I think that can come from that. Yeah. And I think one of the things too, I love that because awareness is really just truth, right? It's coming into truth. Um, And then I think that one of the other words, I think like the powerful words that we've spoken today are acceptance and awareness and truth. And then I think one that we haven't touched on is rest. And I think that that is just, I think if we end with rest, I think we will have done well in our time together today. So just rest you know, rest and know that at least, you know, from my perspective that God is for you, he's not against you. Um, There's a scripture that says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. And that's Jeremiah 29, 11. And we can rest in a God who loved us so much that he died for us and that he took away all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our pain, Um, And that he loves us into whole wholeness. He loves us unconditionally. So just rest in love. And I think that if you do that, then everything else will just kind of fall into place. I appreciate that. Those are such great words to end on. Thank you so much, Mimi, for your time. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I know a lot of people will be excited to kind of tune in and hear into this because 
um, religion overall, the umbrella of it is a huge conversation. And um, thank you for breaking it down for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. What a treat. Of course. And just such like, yeah, like thank you so much experiences. So thank you. It, it's always good. That's another thing. It's always good to be with people that have gone through the same thing, that support, you know, so I appreciate you allowing me to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you.